Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Organ donation. And there are around 600 people on a waiting list for organ transplants, including heart, lung, liver, kidney and pancreas. And operations for organ transplants continued throughout COVID-19 pandemic, with 206 carried out in 2021, which was 16 more than 2022, or should I say 2020. At the launch of the Organ Donor Awareness Week, people are being urged to become donors. Are you all donors? Ashley, are you a donor? Okay. Can I say that? She doesn't know. Have you got a driver's license? Okay, most likely on the on your driver's license is a little box and it's probably ticked. I know, but it still has a little box. I think it's still... Is it does it not have it anymore? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to check my own in a second. But there is a little box you take on your driver's license when you apply for a driver's license. I, still, I, think, I think it's still in the application. It may not be on the physical driver's license anymore. And I think it's ticked by default and you untick it if you don't want to be... As far as I know. Um, anyway, so some of us are. I may not even know for organ donors. And I think what Ashling typifies is, not in a bad way, that we need to be very conscious of it, whether we should, whether we want to be or we don't want to be an organ donor. And by the way, I would not judge anybody. You know, if someone doesn't want to be an organ donor, that's fine too. That's okay. If you want to be an organ donor, well, then you need to be conscious of the fact that you want to be an organ donor and make sure other people know. Because there's no point in you being in an accident, sadly, or something happening to you and you're dying quite young and you're having good, healthy organs. And nobody knows that you want to be an organ donor. And then you go into the ground and you could have saved a few lives with your eyes, your heart, your lungs, whatever it happens to be. And you don't because nobody knows. So, and I'm probably the same. I Stupidly, I, I need to check mine now as well to make sure. Because when I got my new license, the little cardy one, the paraplasticky one, it do, I don't think it says it on it anymore. It used to say it on the back of the old one. Anyway, the chief executive of the Irish Kidney Association, Carol Moore, said this week's message is to share your wishes to approach family members and discuss organ donation and to let your family know. So if you're at home at the moment and your family are around, your husband or wife, talk to them right now about it. Say it to them right now. Listen, you know, when I pop me clogs, uh, I want you to give me heart, me lungs and everything else away and save somebody else's life. Talk to them now so at least they know. Because look, I hate to say it, but you could walk out in front of a bus tomorrow. It's very cliche, isn't it? You could be killed tomorrow and then nobody will know. So talk to them right now. Say it to them right now. Anyway. There is an app where a digital donor card is available to download, by the way. And she said uh, people can have code 115 on their driver's license to indicate they would like to donate their organs. There you go, Ashling. Code 115 is on your driver's license, which indicates uh, you would like to donate your organs. Professor Jim Egan, director of the Organ Donation and Transplants Ireland, said there are approximately 30,000 deaths every year in Ireland and there are only 100 donations required most years. Last year, there were 65 donors and there is, a, and there is considerable work uh, to do to get to the ideal 100 per annum. So I want to get your thoughts on organ donation and should it be compulsory? Now, compulsory, is a, that's, a, that's a big word, isn't it? But should we change it to an opt-out system? Now, many countries in the world have what they call an opt-out system where probably 95% of the population are organ donors. We have a very low percentage because we have an opt-in system. So it means people have to go to the trouble of signing up. And an opt-out system means that the day you're born, you're an organ donor. And I'll tell you why. Because the most valuable organs probably are children's. And this is a really morbid conversation. But the valuable organs are children's or young people's healthy organs. 
And sadly, let me give you a scenario. Mary and Johnny have a little child and the child is three years of age. And let's say the child is involved in a road accident and dies, but their organs are perfectly healthy. Mary and Johnny are in hospital. The child is brought into theatre. Unfortunately, the doctor has to come out and tell them the bad news. That the little child died. Mary and Johnny, I suppose, the grief is overwhelming. They've just lost their child. There is no good point for any doctor to turn around at that stage, even though they're trained to do it, and say, sorry, your son is dead, but is there any possibility that we can take their organs? Now, I know they wouldn't say it like that, but that's a difficult thing to do. And even if they did manage to say that in the kindest, most sensitive possible way, Mary and Johnny are in no fit state to make that decision at that particular time. So sadly, the child gets buried with good organs. And that's unfortunately what happens. Or the adult child, be it 16, 17 or 20 or whatever, whatever age it is. Or even your wife or your husband. They get buried with their good organs because there's no good time to ask. Whereas if you had an opt-out system, they don't have to ask. The child is already an organ donor unless you've decided to opt them out. And you can do that. In most countries that have the opt-out system, it's easy to do. You just fill out a form online and you opt out. So I want to know if we should have an opt-out system instead of an opt-in system. All right. So let me know what you think. The number is 87 It will mean you will all be organ donors unless you decide not to be, rather than the other way around. Which makes so much more sense, doesn't it, really? Well, to me it does. Now, I want to be fair because I know there are people who don't want to be organ donors for religious reasons. There are certain religions. It's, they, they forbid it. Even the Christian religion, I don't know particularly whether the Christian religion forbids it, but some people have Christian values and believe that you should go into the ground the way God made you. And, and I respect that if you're a Christian. Don't agree with it, but I respect it because that's your belief. Uh, the number is 87 I want to know, should we change the system whereby everybody is automatically an organ donor? Let me know. Yes, we should change it. Or no, leave it the way it is now. I want to make my own choices. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Number's 087-188-0008. Let me go to James. James, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How are you doing, James? Good afternoon, my fellow conservative. <laughs> <laughs> James, it's been a little while. I was a little bit concerned about you. I hope you're okay. Well, I'm still around, but I won't be long now. Nobody <laughs> wants my organs in Ireland. What do you mean you won't be long now? <laughs> You're not going anywhere, James. You're not going out, to get out the gap yet, are you? Uh, I was watching you last night on the Tonight Show, looking very well now. Yeah, I'm a handsome old fella, oh, am I? Well, a handsome old devil and looking, <laughs> looking young, looking much younger than your years. Oh, do you think so? Oh, yes. Ah, thanks, spread, James. Uh, looking uh, around the 40 mark. Uh, Ah, James, I, 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 I'm, I, my head's getting so big here. Well, well, there's no harm to give you a little bit of praise sometimes. You'll probably get enough of abuse from time to time. <laughs> <Probably do. laughs> but uh, you covered a lot last night, Niall. You covered a lot on the show, and uh, you're very comfortable in that medium. Uh, yeah, I, they, they, the seat likes me, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to see you back there again. Uh, yeah, yeah and, it's been uh, a while. COVID, of course, you know, obviously they had to reduce their panels on The Tonight Show during COVID. So yes. for that reason, I hadn't been on it. And Well, I was actually on it about a month ago, but uh, before that, it was a kind of, there was a good long gap there where a lot of people hadn't been on it. I'd say Piers Morgan, now has you lined up for his new television? Oh, company? absolutely, yeah. So I'm, I can't wait to start with him. <laughs> <laughs> for he people, wants, his, his purpose for the program, of his <laughs> program apparently is that he wants to offend all the right people. Oh, right, okay. 
I, well, I've done that in the past. And so, get rid of cancel culture. <laughs> I, I'm right behind him. So James, <laughs> I am too James, as an old Christian yeah, and an old, old conservative. As I mean, distinct from an angry Christian. Yeah, as distinct from an angry Christian. Are you in favour of changing the, the system that we currently have, whereby you will be opted in from birth? Well, uh, I was saying that to Ruth. I haven't given it a lot of thought now. It's only that Ruth rang me there, but uh, so I had much time to think about it. But what you were suggesting there, where if people will opt in, uh, that sounds like more sensible thing now. Yeah, so then you will have the opportunity to opt out, of course, if you want to. I mean, to opt out, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in other words, you have the choice if you yeah. want to stay, stay as a donor or if you want to opt out. Are you a donor, James, yourself? Uh, no, not now, Nile. Why would I be now? Uh, actually, what has crossed my mind, actually, from time to time, and I might do it, now, is I might d- donate my body to University College Cork. For, you know, they, they, they're mad to have bodies there to operate to medical students. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, the cadavers. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, yeah. you see, they might want to see how the brain of a right-wing conservative like me works. <laughs> <laughs> to see what's in it. <laughs> a Marie Le Pen fan. Oh, I'm looking forward to that as well. As we I'm, sure, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are, James. <laughs> okay, so you wouldn't have... So there's no... From your point of view, as uh, you know, a God-fearing man, and obviously you read the Bible quite a lot, as far as you're concerned, from a Christian point of view, there's no reason why you, know, you shouldn't be an organ donor. Well, I, I'm not up to date now on what the church's view at the moment well, is. Well, do, do, I've had people on the air before, who, like yourself, who would be, you know, devout Christians, and they've said that, you know, they feel that you need to go into the ground the way you come onto this earth. Yes, there would have been a time I might have said that, but when you hear all these different stories, which you've covered yourself, sad stories of kids who, who, who need donations and who, whose lives are at risk, they, they would turn your mind a small bit now. Okay, well, on that point, stay with me, James, because I want to go to Gracie as well. Uh, and Gracie is literally waiting outside a hospital to go in and get dialysis. Gracie, good afternoon to you. How are you doing, Earl? How's it going? Okay, so you're waiting uh, a kidney transplant and pancreas. No, a kidney and pancreas, yeah, a double. Okay. And you're literally outside the hospital at the moment because now you're limited for time and what you can talk to us. So you're, li- you're waiting to win for dialysis at the moment. How often do you have to go for di- dialysis, by the way? Uh, three times a week, Noel. Um, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays are my days and for um, four hours. Oh, gosh. And, and Four hours and a half an hour either side being put on the machine and taken off it. Okay, okay. And if you don't get your dialysis, what happens? Uh, you just start feeling uh, crap and everything. It, it just reduces whatever limited kidney function you have. Okay. Um, uh, it just reduces you further and then sure it affects everything in your body, you know. You, you just, everything just starts feeling crap. You won't be getting out, out of bed for, for a couple of days or however long. Like, I've never missed it and I never intend to. Please God, if, if, if I can keep going as long as I can. As long as your legs will move, you'll be you'll be getting there, okay. And, and, well, and by the way, you're only quite young. Around. You're 39 years of age. You're only a young woman. Um, so, 39, yeah, yeah. And when were you first diagnosed? When when did this all start for you? Um, November, 12 months ago, I started on dialysis, but I started having, I was being treated for like um, UTIs and kidney infections and that for maybe two years beforehand. Um, and was missing a, a bit of work through it, like, you know, but I haven't worked now since July 2019 um, because of the, just it was my iron function that started going down. And I was tired the whole time, you know. But it would be impossible, um, I suppose, to keep a job or to try and hold down a job when you have to keep going like that for dialysis. I can understand completely, and and how you would feel if you you know if you're feeling weak and tired, you know. Well, this is it. Thankfully, I, I very uh, understanding colleagues and an understanding job, and um, like 
I, I'm trying to get back now for a little while, for a couple hours a week while I'm awaiting, please God, a um, kidney or and a pancreas transplant at some stage, you know. And what are, the, what are the hopes, what are the estimates of when that might happen for you? Uh, it could be up to four years, um, Niall, to be honest, because obviously with a kidney transplant, it can come from a living donor, but with a deceased, with a pancreas transplant, it has to come from a deceased um, donor, okay. as obviously everyone has only one pancreas, you know. And is there a possibility, that, well, you won't obviously maybe get them together, so you'll get maybe the kidney first and, and hopefully pancreas well, second. Is that, is that well, the plan? no, it, the way the plan is is that it's looking to get them together from a deceased donor like I would if in time if I had to go for a for a kidney transplant I would obviously look at my living relatives but at the same time I'm a bit um, sceptical about doing that because it puts the, the living donor in serious they have a, a harder recuperation period than obviously the recipient yeah which of course is a bit, you know, so and then, and then there's asking people as well. I, I don't know about asking. If I fe- was in your position, I suppose I was in your position, I'd feel differently. But it's kind of asking people. You, you don't want to put I'm, people under compliment or under pressure. or You know what I mean? Exactly. I, yeah. I'm not 100, 100% happy with having to ask anyone or anything like that because it's that, that would be mentally um, tough. Of course, as well yeah. as the physical thing on your body, you know? Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's just it's a, it's a whirlwind of a, a vicious cycle. Okay, in Ireland, we fall down short when it comes to organ donation. We're not very good at it in this country. Um, some other countries have a, something like a 96 or 95% success rate at having people donating. You know, everybody who dies essentially is a donor. But in Ireland, for years, we haven't tackled this very well. Exactly, exactly, Niall. And as you said at the start of the show there, the reason for that is that we have the way... When we are when we are born, essentially, that we are, uh, you have to opt in to become a donor. Whereas in every other country, say just like the UK, and they have a high, high, um, a higher percentage of donations, is because they have to actually opt out. They have to make the, they have to make the decision of whether they don't want to say they don't want to be a donor. Whereas here in Ireland, we have to say we do want to be a donor. Whereas I done a little campaign there on Instagram uh, started a maybe uh, six months ago or so, just of my own friends and of my friends of friends and that. And it was where people weren't, they didn't actually realise here in Ireland that you had to opt in, yeah. you know. And they didn't realise then as well you could you could do it digitally, which is just that you, you text the, 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 the five-digit number that you get out and that mm-hmm. you uh, become a digital donor. But as the, the main point of which I think is a great conversation that you've brought up today is to have that conversation with your next to kin. That is the most important thing. Rather than having even a donor card or any any sort of thing, it's a let your next to kin know. Yeah, of course, your wishes. One hundred percent, and it's, it because doesn't it, mean we have to sit no, down. No, and, and you're right, Gracie. Because you know what we do? We talk to our next to kin, our husbands, our wives, whatever it is, right? Our partners, and we talk to them about you know oh, where I want to be buried. Oh, I don't don't bury me there. I don't have a big. I don't want loads of people at my funeral. We talk about all those kind of things, but we never we mention do. organ donation. We do. Well, no, we do and we don't. We don't, I mean, uh, we, we don't, some people, they, they find it very hard to speak about death, which is, it's, listen, it's going to come to us all. Yeah. There's well to just... Uh, ah, no, I talk about it all the time. I told my partner I want to be scattered on Cocoa Beach in Florida. <laughs> oh, Christ. You're, you're not going to cost much expense anyway if you slow it I over. said, put me in a scatter tube and throw me all over Cocoa Beach in Florida. Because I just love it. It's a beautiful beach. <laughs> 
Absolutely right. Well, I, I want to be I want to be scattered in my home place of Ackle Island because I don't think there's anywhere as, as beautiful as that. To be honest, I okay, well, we all we all have our choices. Yeah, well, that's it exactly. But I do think that even if it's just if you're saying to someone, "Can you get milk and bread from the shop?" and also I want to be an organ donor, <laughs> it's very important. And it doesn't. That's you can just say it like that. Just as long as they have it in their head that when the t- if a time comes, they said, "Oh, mm-hmm. hang on a second, Grace said she wants to be an organ donor." And as for James, your last caller, regardless of his age or of his physical shape or anything like that, he should still carry his donation card if he wants to be. Because even if it's just that the, the, his eyes said he wants to be donated, they're no good to anyone. Yes, no James, your bits, your bits are no good to anybody else, James. Well, uh, uh, I my liver may be no good now. Well, after fifty years of drinking, I'm afraid to be. Uh... <laughs> All right, okay, but 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 in saying that, there may be something, James. By the way, I'm not trying to get rid of you very quickly, James. But there may there may be something. And you, you've told me on numerous occasions how old you are, and I don't want to remind people of your age. But Gracie is right. You know, I mean, well, people like Gracie all over the country. I could get offended. I could get offended. You know. Oh yeah, I know, like you Mr. Tuberty. <laughs> oh yeah, if I asked your age. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, well, I didn't. I said regardless of his age. No, I, no, he's only joking, Gracie. He's only joking. I know that. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but the people like Gracie all over the country and waiting for a donation or waiting for somebody to come along who happens to have a match. And you know, James, even though you are elderly, um, you know, it doesn't matter. There may be something of use to somebody. So maybe it's just worth having that conversation with your next of kin. Or oh yes, well, why not? No, I, yeah. I, I, as I said. Uh, I would be definitely uh, think the opting out uh, solution is the best. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even if I had deep avenal, yeah. uh, I still want to prevent other people like this nice lady getting her uh, yeah. her donation, you know? Uh, she's gone now. She has to go in for her dialysis. She sounds like a nice lady. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. And only a young woman, 39 years of age, her whole life ahead of her. I would love to see her having some quality of life. Wouldn't it be wonderful if somebody who sadly passed away, to no fault of anybody's, uh, you know, then gives her the lease of life again? Well, uh, as I said, uh, as even with my own beliefs, now I couldn't hold back against someone like that. I'd be to be very uh, selfish. Absolutely. Uh, I know that might be other. What age did you say you were, James, again? I just want to get into trouble. Go on. What age did you say you were again? <laughs> Did you ever hear such nonsense in all your life? To be honest with you, what happened to Ryan Turberty was he became the victim of his own wokeness, probably. That's probably what it was. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm not a great fan of Ryan Turberty's, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I certainly, I did agree with Brenda Powers. Uh, he only asked her bloody age, for God's sake. It was relevant to the conversation. She plays a young girl in a TV misogyny. show. <laughs> yeah, no, it was misogyny. Listen, James, thank you very much. Have a wonderful day, James. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 87 Let me just play a little bit of your WhatsApp messages that are popping into us here at the moment as we speak. Here we go. Italy. Uh, hi, Niall. I can't come on. Um, I just want to say um, organ donation. I think it should be an opt-out system. It's a very emotional thing because if you're the donor, well, then somebody belonging to you has died. And if you're the recipient, you know that someone has died and you're receiving their organ. It's a very emotional thing. Um, We donated my dad's organs. He died um, many moons ago. And in the height of grief, you're being asked to donate uh, organs when your head is already wrecked. Um, extremely emotional and it's easy to shout out and say no 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 but in hindsight then you think about it well you don't let that person die in vain when you can help somebody else live a full and healthy life there's a reason why it's called the gift of life and it is a wonderful gift it's the best gift you could ever give somebody 
and that person that you loved didn't die in vain. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, you, you can you can sit on the bus next to somebody and think, I wonder if they have my dad's kidneys. I wonder if they have my dad's lungs. You know, it's it's just wonderful to think that there's still a part of that person that you've lost is still there in the world helping someone live a full life. We got letters back from Bowman Hospital. You're not allowed to uh, be in touch with the actual person, the recipient or the donor, but you can do it through letters through the hospital. And my dad literally helped somebody, two different lives, live a full life and both had young families, which is wonderful. And it really is a real pick me up. Um, absolutely, it's the mm -hmm. best thing you could ever do, even in the height of grief. Joanna. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more, Joanna. It is a, a wonderful thing to do. But, but I think I, what I explained earlier on, it can be difficult to ask in the height of grief. And that's why maybe we should have the opt-out system. Dave, you're an Ireland's classic kid. Say to you, Dave. Now, you believe all organ donors, everybody should be an organ donor. And you're all organ donors, your family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I, we weren't big on it. Not that I had anything against it. I just, I, I'd never really given it much thought. And I wasn't really too comfortable with the idea of someone else got my organs. But then... Um, my partner's uh, mother had a brain aneurysm and they asked the family would they donate the organs and we kind of left it up to her dad and her dad said to do it and it just completely changed everybody's perspective. When you when you say you at the time before all this happened you were kind of uncomfortable with the idea. I, I don't know. I can't. I, I mean thinking about it now even saying it out loud, I feel like a bit of a tit for even saying that sentence. No, 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 no. I, I don't want to judge anybody because no, there are, no, there no, are no, people no, uncomfortable no, no, with I'm the judging, idea. I'm judging myself because yeah. I look back and I think like the perspective I had on it before, I kind of think, you absolute gobshite. You know, I I don't know. Just at the time, I was like, I wasn't comfortable with the idea of someone else having my organs. But I suppose it's one of those things when you actually see the good that can be done of it, how can you say no? I mean, like, her two kidneys and her liver went off to three separate people and then they used the, they took the valves from her heart and put them on ice for babies who were born with congenital heart defects. Wow. Do you know, I mean, how so can there you was, argue so, with there that was, like? so there was a number of people saved? There was, yeah, I mean, three people straight up and potentially five babies. That's incredible, you know? isn't it? Yeah, and, and like, it's not even like, I, th I think some people have this idea that they just wheel you in and carve you up and that's the end of it, but like, the so the fear. Now, what I remember talking to somebody about two years ago, who was, um, and their fear was they were skeptical about. It. They said that if you're an organ donor, and this is a theory that people have in their heads, can I just get it out of their heads completely because it's not true? That if you're an organ donor and you go into theatre in the hospital, the doctor's not going to really bother to save you. You know what I mean? He's not going to. Mm. He's not going to try as hard I've, because I've, I'm sure, I've, look, we can use his organs anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've 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 heard people say that. Right, that's before, completely but. so. It's so untrue. But like the but the people that you deal with, the way they handle it, they handle it with such care and such love. And like they um, before they even did anything, they did handprints um, on paper for uh, everybody in the family, and they cut locks of uh, my partner's mother's hair. And like every year, like there's this entire community in Ireland that we never even knew about, and it all has to do with people who have either received an organ or people who their family have donated an organ. Uh, we went to this mass to have Uncle Kenny one time and like there's a register where her mother's name is. Uh, you know, anybody who's ever donated, their name goes into this register in this beautiful park. And there's just, you know, like it's not like they just wheel you in, carve you up and that's the end of it. You know, like there's there's so much mm -hmm. love and care towards the families afterwards. You you get a letter every year inviting you to this um, 
mass and kind of little picnic dinner type thing that they do every single year. And then, like, um, just out of the blue one day, uh, we received a, a letter in the post from this guy, and he was a guy who got um, my say, mother-in-law's uh, liver, and he said that, like, he had been preparing his own funeral. You know, and it had given him a completely new lease on life. You know, and that's I mean, when, when we were talking to Gracie earlier on there, who was going in for dialysis, which she has to do three or four times a week. I mean, her life obviously is on hold. She's only thirty nine years of age, and her life is held up by the fact that she, you know, she needs a kidney, she needs a pancreas. Oh yeah, you know, you for know? sure. And can you imagine, like, because even when I think when I think back to it now, I think like I don't want someone to have my organs. Shrine dead. Who cares? That, you but that's I mean? not the point. You're going in with the greatest respect to people. You're going into the ground, uh, you know, and all you are essentially after you die is meat. Yeah. Like, I know you, you don't. Like, you, you don't. I mean, if you want to believe in the soul and all that, that's not you know part Wait, of it. I, I know there there are some say. I think like I know in Certain Greece, there's a real thing. It's it, yeah. they're or like real Orthodox Christians believe that like you know after the after Armageddon and all this, that God will you know bring everybody back from the dead out of their graves and you have to come back whole. So like if that's your own personal religious belief, fair enough. But I, I think most people just on it's it's like a lot of things unless you are personally impacted by it. You might have an idea about something, but you don't really know the full ins and outs. You, you don't really know the impact that like donating even just the likes of, of a kidney could have on somebody else's life. I Absolutely. Mean, you, you it, well, as you, as you rightly said, it gives somebody a new lease of life. Dave, I've run out of time. I'm, I'm sorry. But, but look, wonderfully said. And yes, Dave admits he was a tit, as that's the word he used in the past for even thinking there was something uncomfortable about it. So do you get an opportunity. Now, let me just go to Suzanne who's joining me on the line, and she's waiting to be called to donate a kidney to her sister. Suzanne, good afternoon to you. Hi, Niall. How are you? Lovely to talk to you. And what a wonderful thing to do, by the way. I'm sure your sister is delighted. Oh, delighted. Sure. It's a long time in the coming, Niall. She's a long time on dialysis, unfortunately. And what's, what's that years, process yeah. like? So that, that process, like, you obviously have, they have to take a, you know, a sample, I'm assuming, and check to make sure you're a match. Oh, everything. And... Well, you see, to be honest with you, Niall, we were actually... The original plan was to go to Belfast. Okay. And I was going to donate to a stranger. Okay. And Pamela would get a kidney as well by somebody else. Because I'm, I'm three quarters of a match to her. Okay. And that was the route we were going down. So I had all tests done for that. But okay. But now, um, now they're looking into me donating to her now. And in, so because in, you're yeah. three quarters of a match, does that mean she has to take anti-rejection tablets? Yeah, or? yeah. Well, you see, I went... Like, she's 17 years on dialysis. She was only 40 Gosh. when she... Yeah, she got two autoimmune diseases, actually. That's what caused her kidneys to fail. She was very young. So I did go um, 16 years ago, and I was three quarters of a match. And that time, they wouldn't look at you that time because you had to be 100% that time. Okay. They wouldn't take any, you know, and what's, and what's the difference now? I don't know. Honestly, things have changed now. Technology then, and... Yeah, technology and... They, they said they'd grab a kidney now at three quarters of a match. That's what I was told. Is, and, is that um, now? I, I hate to say this, but is that because they're more desperate now because they just can't get kidneys, or is, or is that is that because technology has moved on and medicines yeah, have moved on and we've got better at it, or maybe maybe a bit of both? I'd okay, say, okay. Kyle, you know, but but um, so now the plan is. But unfortunately, as I was saying there, Pamela. Um, Got COVID, unfortunately, last year, and she was very ill. We nearly lost her, actually. She was in hospital for five weeks. So, oh, my. Yeah, they were how is she now? Miracle. Yeah, so, of course, she took kind of a slight heart attack when she had the COVID. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so we're just waiting now. She's have a, this big test done on her heart to make sure that she can 
Yeah, because obviously going under surgery, yeah. I suppose, that, that obviously could be very dangerous if she has a heart condition. You see, this is it. Like, COVID, unfortunately, has put a lot of things back for us, really, because I've had all the tests done. Thank God everything's okay my side. So it's just a waiting game, and it's horrible when you're waiting around. You just need course, a yeah. date. You just need to get in there and get it over and done. And by the like, way, as a donator or somebody who's donating uh, a mm. kidney, I mean, does that worry you at all? Are you? Do you have any concerns have concerns you know I mean everyone I'm losing a kidney and but also I want my sister to have her life back like her, she three three children and the youngest was only seven when her kidneys failed so it was very tough it's been a very tough time for her absolutely she's in dialysis you know, I mean I assume two and three times a week or uh, whatever three days a week she attends bone mount yeah, yeah. Three, and, her, and like that she's become a granny for the first time and you know, yeah. she's she can mind the baby, but she's exhausted. She doesn't feel well, but she's a, she's a great. She never gives up. She's always on the go now. She's brilliant. She right. is brilliant. Okay. So it's time now she got her life back, and it's a gift. And and I mean, I want to give it to her. I want I want my sister to have her life back. And, and she's my relation, only sister, you know. So. And in relation to, to your what you're going to do. Obviously, you've talked to doctors about the, the effect that yeah. could have on your life. So, oh, yeah. just, I, I don't know what the ins and outs of it, but, but by donating a kidney, does that make any difference to your health? Well, yeah, well, I'll have to, every year I'll have to be checked out yeah. um, to make sure that my kidneys, my only kidney remaining kidney will stay that way. Yeah. And, um, like, things can go wrong. They told me that under the operating tape. You know, things can. It doesn't, it doesn't really happen, but it can happen. Yeah, it's There's a rare occasion. Yeah. And you know what, Nile? I don't think about that. Maybe I should, but I no, 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 no. Don't think out. about. It. Don't, don't think. I don't, and I don't want you to think no. about it just because I happen to say it. So don't think about that. No, I no, I don't think about it. I, I'm kind of just tunneling. You know, she's going to get this kidney, and I'm going to give it, and everything's going to be okay. We get through this. You know, try not to think of the negative. Like they have spoke to me about everything. So you know, when is it? When do you think the big day is going to be, or when's it going to happen? Or well, we're hoping, we're hoping this year. That's the plan. Yeah, and do they do it on the year? same day? So will you be in yeah. one theatre? She'll be in another, yeah. and we take it straight the, from you. Uh, yeah, it, on the same day. And there's, they said that they they might still look at the other option of going to Belfast. Okay. Yet. So it's I'll, I'll give it one way or another. It'll be. You get a kidney, you know. So okay, that'll be great. Hopefully from me, hopefully from me. <laughs> and when, and, and the, the, the promises to her then when she gets the new kidney, um, from our health point of view, do you think that she will obviously benefit greatly and get her life back again? Yes, absolutely. I mean, she's only 57. Like, she's, she's Same still age, young. I mean, well, I'm 58. Yeah. I'm a year old. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's still young and she needs to have her life back. I mean, it's been very tough. I mean, she's had, had you know, some health problems as well, mm-hmm. you know, in, in an hour hospital but she, you know yeah. she's a great girl she's she's great and she never complains never even when she was in hospital for five weeks with that COVID I mean she's great she's just okay well that's wonderful and, I, know, and I hope all works out this year and I hope she gets her you. life back again and you know it is a message to everybody listening to again because we are yeah. focusing very much today on people donating please give it I mean you've yeah. said a very true thing like you go underground I mean you know your yeah. flesh you know, that's please. all you are yeah. Exactly. Why and, not and that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what oh. you believe in. If you believe in yeah. holy God, well, then off you go up to heaven yeah. and, and your soul and your yeah. whatever it is. I mean, th- what's in the ground is literally just a piece of meat. Exactly. I totally agree. And I think if you can save a life, save a life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think it's a fantastic gift to give somebody. It's re- if you can give that gift, it's fantastic to give it. Suzanne, why not? I wish you well and Pamela Thank and I hope you. everything gets sorted Thank and I hope she, she gets her life back. <laughs> And well done to you, by the way, as well. You'll be her hero for the rest of her life as well. All right. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you so much. Thanks. See you. Bye. Uh, uh, Nicola. How you doing, Nicola? Hi.
Hi, Niall. How are you? Your, your husband has received two liver transplants. He's had two liver transplants in the last 11 years, yeah. Okay, and why has he ended up getting two? I mean, what, what happened there? Well, he kind of got flu-like symptoms in around uh, October 2009 and um, kind of wasn't improving. So he went for a different series of tests. It took about four months to diagnose, but he was diagnosed with a liver disease called primary sclerosis and cholangitis. Okay. So it's basically um, an autoimmune disease. All right. Um, so there is no treatment as such. It's... Um, it depends how progressive the disease is. So they treat the symptoms as he goes along. So the symptoms, I suppose, are um, jaundice. Um, tiredness. Head, the tiredness, an itch, head, toe, loss of appetite. Um, no pain for him. I'm not saying that's the same for everyone with the disease, but he doesn't get pain. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? But he's, he becomes very ill and the inevitable then is uh, transplant. Okay. So, um, okay, so then, so he got it done the first time was back in two thousand nine, and no, he got it done in two thousand and eleven. He was diagnosed. Oh, sorry. He started symptoms kind of. It was around two thousand and ten. I was actually pregnant on my youngest daughter when we got the diagnosis. So he was diagnosed kind of two thousand and nine, and then he was transplanted in May two thousand and eleven. And then it came back to him again, obviously. So it came back to him again. Yes, he. You must be saying um, to yourself, how did that happen? Well, it's an autoimmune disease and, oh. and, and the reoccurrence, um, it, it can happen. And, so and that's it, common, it, isn't it, with, with this particular autoimmune Well, disease. it is, and they just they just don't know. Um, so okay. his, he got about six and a half years out of the first liver, and then he was re-diagnosed, funnily enough, in the October of that year for the second one. So he was diagnosed, re-diagnosed in the October... And he was transplanted by the 2nd of March, 2018, okay. which, if you remember, was Beast of the East. Be- I remember the Beast of the East. <laughs> the Beast no, of the East. Absolute, it was an absolute nightmare. I was called in because they had given him about 72 hours. He was hanging on by a thread. He had gone into like what they kind of call a liver coma at that stage. There's so many toxins in your blood. Oh, so he wasn't kind of... Um, it must have been a very worrying time for you. It was. It yeah. was awful. And then just with the snow and everything on top of it, and then travelling from uh, Clonsilla then to Vincent's Hospital was just a nightmare. But, um, and we were restricted to a Dublin donor then at that stage. So okay. the likelihood of him getting a donor was just, I think they had written it off at that stage. But by the grace of God, we got a call. So somebody some, was looking down him, you know. Unfortunately, yeah, somebody, somebody's lost somebody, their life somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, and that's that's a hard thing to kind of yeah accept too. But you have to kind of just go well. Look, if he didn't, yeah, get and like it's not, he it's not as if I know people like yourself. It's not as if you're sitting there praying somebody's going to die and leave their organs. No, uh, but no, but no, if somebody no. does die, you're hoping that the organs will be left. Obviously, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, both his donors were women. Um, obviously, it's all anonymous, and we're not told too much about them. But the first girl, um, we know had a brain hemorrhage. Yeah. And I'm not too sure about the second lady, but she was in her 60s. So, yeah. um, you know, without them, he wouldn't be alive. I have a 16-year-old now and a, a nearly 12-year-old now. And um, yeah. he's been six since he's 29. He's 42 now. It's very, you know, very, and, young, and, it's very and, young to be in that situation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, he, and he's, it's back again. So know? now he's waiting for a third time now. 
Well, he what happens with Eamon is, um, and he's probably listening to me there, he thinks I'm mad. Um, what happens with him really is that he becomes an emergency. He never, he's never actually made a transplant list. It's a matter of life and death, pretty much. Okay. It, it, can, it can progress that fast. The first time he was assessed for transplant to go on the transplant list, um, he actually was transplanted on the day he was supposed to have one final test done. So he just becomes an emergency. There isn't, isn't that time. I know it's different for kidney and people are on, on the list years. I have an uncle who had a kidney transplant and the whole dialysis thing and all that. But the liver seems to be somewhat a little bit different. Um, and do livers come up more often than kidneys? I'm just curious Yeah, I'm, now. Not, I'm not really sure the background yeah. why, but yes. Yeah. Because maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know, livers just stay healthier in most people for a longer period yeah. of time. Maybe yeah. and, and, you know, every, every kind of couple of years, medicine finds different ways. Like, I mean, they even transplant now um, with a hepatitis infected liver. Yeah. Because they can er- eradicate hepatitis now from, um, from, from the liver. Whereas years ago, that would have been, a, you know, a real big disease in itself. So, like, there's lots of things and lots of positives. Um, but like, like to, to to be kind of cold about it, he wouldn't be alive. No, well, he wouldn't. No, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, my kids wouldn't have their dad um, without the two donors, and I, I don't think it's people are just they don't want to give their organs. I just think it's it, they're not educated enough, and until something comes knocking at your door. Yeah, and I think people you, just don't... You don't know anything well, about it. But you know it, you what's know? wonderful? To listen to your story and to listen to other people's stories today, yeah. I think it's really important because it then wakes people up a little bit to the realisation yeah. that there are real people out there who yeah, have well, sons, who have daughters, who have wives, yeah. who have mothers it's, it's and fathers. To any of us. Yeah. You know, and, and especially if you think of your children, God forbid, it's something you would hope to God somebody would yeah. come forward and, and, and whether it's a live transplant or not, unfortunately, Eamon can't have you know, they can cut some of the liver away and all that. It, it isn't like that. His disease uh, it basically is of the boiled duct. Right, okay. So what happens is they completely close up. Um, and some diseases, liver diseases, they can put a stent in, like a heart operation, to keep the, the valves and the boiled ducts open, but not in his disease. So what eventually happens is the bile becomes so backed up, the liver becomes cirrhosis. So it's cirrhosis of the liver and liver failure. Right, okay. Um, you know, and when he was 29, he only was healthy. He was young, he was strong. Um, he got through no problems and recovered quite well and back, went back to play football and everything like that. But as the years have gone on and yeah. lost of surgeries, as in... They've taken their normal, toll on him, obviously. Like he's had appendix, he's had bowel obstructions, all complications. And he in actually after his transplant in 2018, he had a massive hernia. And it actually turned out that the hernia nearly killed him because he had a big bleed. Um, so they had to open him back up again. So, so he, how is time, he, how is he today? Round, he's, got, he's in work, believe it or not. Okay. He's gone to work. He gets up for work every day. Some days he goes in a bit later. But he has a very good job and a very good boss. And he works in TJ O'Mahony's there in Kilshane Cross. So okay. they're being fantastic to him and fair and great. And, um, that's good. That's it, what's important. Health, but it's one less worry. Yeah. Yeah that, yeah, that is really important if you're in this situation. That's what I said to Grace oh, earlier absolutely. on about having an understanding yeah. employer. Yeah, no, you know. it's brilliant. It's, you know, and they have been fantastic support and that. But look, mm. we don't know when it'll happen again. If basically, wait and see. If the bloods are monitored now quite regularly. 
Um, it, but you see, since his last operation, um, what comes with PSD is what they call it for short. What comes with that is ulcerative colitis, which is a bowel disease. Now, not everybody gets it, but once you have one immune disease, you tend to get the other ones also. Yeah. So since he's been re-diagnosed, um, or since last transplant, he's also been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is bowel disease. And because of his bad surgery that went wrong there in 2019 with the hernia, he has kidney disease because his organs had started to fail. Do you know, so I, when, when, I'm, when I'm listening to here, sorry for cutting you a little bit short because I am running out of time, but what I'm listening to is, you know, you have given us a list of so many things that have happened to him because of this and the way he's dealing with it. And he sounds like he's dealing with it like a true Trojan. Very Abs- yeah. Absolutely. But we just take health, most of us, thankfully, take our health for granted. Uh, you do. know, we go out and play our football, we go on our holidays, we jump on an aeroplane, we jump on a bike yeah. and start cycling. We take our health for granted. And we don't think that maybe there are other people out there that if anything did happen to us tomorrow and we get hit by a car and we sadly die, that there are other people who could, would benefit greatly from the healthy yeah. organs that we have. And I think well, you've made... I know, yeah. I know five people's lives were saved from that one lady in, in 2018. So, I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah, and Dave was on earlier on to say his mother-in-law had donated and, you know, they reckon up to six or seven lives because even the tubes from her heart can be used for babies. So even seven or eight people had benefited from her death, sadly that she passed away. But seven other people had uh, remained alive because of that. But look, you've made a great point and I'm happy to talk to you today. And listen, thank it's, you very it's much. To have the, it's to have the chat, Noel. That's the thing about well, it. Well, it is. Have the chat at home. And listen, and I, and I hope you and your husband, I hope you have a wonderful long life together, all right? Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed. Uh, now, he needs another uh, liver transplant very, very soon. So, you know, you could be that person. I'm sadly, I'm saying that because something could happen could happen to you tomorrow and I don't want to adapt to anybody, but you could be the person to save his life. So please have the chat at home, all right? Have the chat at home. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family, all right? Uh, the number is 87 That's 87 Let me go to Martina. Martina, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Martina? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Nice to talk to you. Now, Martina, sadly, your brother passed away. My condolences, by the way, on the loss of your brother. But he, he died in a motorbike accident. He did. He died in a motorbike accident in London in November 2000. Okay. What age was he, by the way? 27. Oh, gosh. He's a young man. Very young man. He was, he was young. Okay. And he was taking a friend to the doctors and unfortunately a car in front of him changed lanes without um, indicating and. Well, the, the rest, as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, sadly, on a, on a motorbike, and, and I, look, I used to drive motorbikes myself, but you have no protection whatsoever. It's so yeah. difficult. When you're in an accident, unfortunately, it can, it can be a calamity. Yeah. Um, but look, he passed away, and, and it must have been very sad for you and all the family. But uh, what you wanted to talk about was the fact that he was an organ donor. He was. We'd had the conversation about a week beforehand, because a friend of ours had given his organs to, um, to science. And... Um, We'd had the conversation saying, well, you know, what do you think of that? And I was like, well, you know, we're going to be six foot under, going to be eaten by worms, so why not? Yeah. So he turned around and he said, you know what, yeah, they can take everything of mine. He said, but leave me eyes. I don't want anybody looking through my eyes, but I can have all the rest. Okay. Little did we know that uh, two weeks after that, he was going to crash and he lived for four days. Mm. And then the doctor said they had to turn off. The machine and then they asked the question uh, would you consider organ donation and I said well would you believe it we'd had this conversation just a few weeks ago and yes he would but then there was a lovely lovely lady her name was Rebecca Daniels this was over in London 
and there was a lovely uh, she was uh, the organ coordinator and her name was Rebecca Daniels and I'll never forget her because she asked she says I feel like I'm coming with a shopping list and she says it just feels really impersonal but and then and that's I said, what I said earlier on that's a very difficult I'm sure they're trained professionals but it's still a yeah. very difficult conversation to have with somebody yeah. who's grieving yeah and and that's what I said. I said, look, I said, I'll make it a lot easier for you. I said, you can have everything but his eyes. I said, he doesn't want his eyes going to somebody else. Okay. And to this day, there are five people alive with better quality of life because of him. And do you, so, did you get letters? But yeah, I know they, they try yeah. their best to send the letters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, she was, she was, like I said, Rebecca Daniels was fantastic. We used to send them to her and she used to send them on to the recipients and the recipients would do vice versa. Okay, and that went on, I'd say, for fifteen years. So, what do you what do you know about where his organs went? Like, for example, well, his heart and his lungs his, and his... his heart went to a young girl. And would you believe it? Although she lived in Chelmsford in London, just outside London, she actually came home to Ireland to study in Limerick University. And we'd be from Limerick, so I was there thinking, does she know how close to home one part of her body nearly is? <laughs> but oh, yeah, God. So you so you know his heart is in Limerick. We know his heart is in Limerick. And by the way, with, with, if there was an opportunity to meet up with her, would you love to do that? I'd love to. I would. Yeah. But I know. I watched, a, I watched a video there a while ago. Sorry to interrupt you, but I, mm-hmm. I watched a video a while ago of somebody who did that very thing and they met up with the recipient of, I think it was their son or daughter's heart. And the person let them listen to their heart. Oh my God. And that she, oh. they listened on a stethoscope to their heart beating. And it was just such an emotional thing to watch yes. that this person was watching their own son's are okay. listening to their own son's heart beating in somebody else's body and all they could do was hug the person and hug them yeah. and keep hugging them. It was lovely to see. That would be amazing but I don't know if I'd be able for that emotionally. <laughs> you don't think so, no? I don't think so, no. I, I, I think... Okay, so where where else? Where did his lungs go? They, they went to an elderly gentleman although he's probably passed away since but okay. he was, um, uh, I think, just just outside Manchester. Okay. And then his kidneys went to uh, two different people. Okay. And again, young young guys uh, in their twenties. And how does how does that make you feel to know oh, that he, his memory yeah. is living on in other people? Yeah, absolutely. But I also have a I have a cousin, and she's been on dialysis for twenty seven years. She's actually only just got a kidney transplant about a month ago. Yeah. And all going well, thank God. And the shout out to all the guys in Beaumont because they've been fantastic. Um, but like that, we knew from a personal experience that she was waiting for somebody to... Like your brother, to yeah, pass away. To yeah. pass away. Yeah, and so, I know it sounds very morbid that we're waiting for somebody else to die so we can yeah. live. But, that's, yeah. a, but that's, the, that's, that's the fact of life, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But it's, it's like that. You have to look at it two ways. Yes, you've lost somebody. But you've then given life to somebody. Yeah. So, it's, it's so a that decision sword. you made, that decision you made with Rebecca that day in the hospital mm-hmm. has given life to a wonderful person who's walking around Limerick as we speak mm-hmm. uh, with your brother's heart. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's wonderful, isn't it? It's a wonderful thought. Yes. And I, and, and I know a lot of people, they think, oh, well, you know, no, I'm not giving my stuff. I'm not giving my organs. No. But like at the end of the day, they're, they're going into the ground. They're going to be eaten by worms and whatnot. Yeah. And, and, you're worms, ne- and you're not going to know the difference. No. And why no. not give life to somebody else? Yeah. A better quality of life to somebody that genuinely needs it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I can understand, by the way, what he was said about his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know some people would be happy to donate their eyes, but he said he doesn't want anybody else looking through his eyes. 
Yeah. I can see, I can see his logic, his logic behind that. <laughs> I know yeah. some, some people wouldn't see the logic in that. It's, ah, I should just give the eyes as well, you might as well. But look, I'm delighted, and I know you got a little bit upset there, but because uh, you were thinking about uh, this person moving from the UK, then coincidentally to Limerick, where you are currently yourself yeah, at the moment. absolutely. Talk about freaky-like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. And by the way, has there been a... Do they do, they do that? Do they arrange meetings? Um, well, I think I'm home from London, so I kind of lost contact with Rebecca Daniels, and that okay. was my my go-to lady. Okay. Um, so I, but I don't. The person's know. probably listening to the show. We're extremely popular in Limerick, by the way. So the person's probably listening to the show right now. I would like to think so. <laughs> what, what would you say if you had an opportunity? Because if they were listening right now, you know, there's probably very few people that have had heart transplants. I'm sure there's been a few, so, uh, you know, the odds are. So if they were listening to the show, if the person was listening to the show now, what would you like to say to them? I don't know. Me neither. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, if they're listening to the show, like this is 22 years later, fantastic, if they're still going strong. Okay. All right, okay. And I suppose the thoughts that you're part of your brother is in there, keeping yeah. them alive, keeping them alive. Yeah. All right, listen, thank you very much, Martine. It's a lovely story lovely. and certainly and it b- brings it home to everybody that we all should be donating, all right? Absolutely. Thank you, Martina. There you go. There's a wonderful story from Martina, whose brother lost her life back in 2000 and uh, kept five other people alive with his pits, his parts, uh, except his eyes. He didn't want to give away his eyes. And somebody in Limerick, walking around Limerick at the moment, they would have got a donation, of their, a heart donation at some point in the last 20 years. Um, they, they have her brother to thank, I suppose, for giving them a new lease of life. Uh, the number is 087 By the way, I will encourage, encourage everybody, have the conversation. You can get the, the download app, by the way, to donate. You can go onto the website uh, to donate as well. You can, if you go on there, just Google it. You'll find it where you can donate. There's also a text number you can text as well. Uh, but not only that, you can have the conversation. That's what we're talking about today. Just have the conversation with your family, with your friends, and tell them, when I die, just make sure I donate. And tell them what you want to donate. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.